0: Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the
1: Father is through the Reconciling Grace of Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for another episode of podcast of Reconciling Grace. My name is Pete Vecchi. I'm an associate pastor for Christway Community Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. And our regular panel is with us today, at Pastor Mac. That's Don McDonald from Danforth Reformed Church. He's the pastor going into retirement, but it's a long retirement of a year or two or three that it'll take. So he's still pastoring there every day, every day, every week. And then Pastor Josh Kugel from... First I'm also Baptist going Church.
0: into retirement, just so you guys yeah. know. But it, it's also Baptist- a long. It's a long retirement.
1: <laughs> All right. So, First Baptist Church of Lyman. I hope you heard that, uh, Gulfport, <laughs> Mississippi. So, as uh, as Josh said, this is the top rated podcast that features pastors from Illinois, Ohio, and Mississippi. So, yeah. Josh has um, had an idea today talking about the Virgin Birth. We want to have a Christmas theme uh, podcast today, as as we are looking towards the Christmas season here. And so, Josh, I'm just going to let you take it from here about some thoughts you had about the virgin birth.
0: Yeah. And uh, Merry Christmas and all to everybody. Um, I'm talking Sunday about some things. And one of the things that I'm going to talk about is uh, how everybody complains about Christmas creep, how stores begin to advertise and sell for Christmas earlier and earlier every year. I think this, this year I found some Christmas things in August and I started feeling bad about complaining about Celebrating Christmas and talking about Christmas early, because really we should start preparing for next Christmas on December 26th, um, because it's such an essential, uh, major part of of our faith is that God made flesh and dwelt among us, and so we always talk talking about Christmas, about Advent, when Advent starts right after Thanksgiving. Um, and one of the things I was just thinking about is as you talk about Christmas, there's some 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 things about Christmas that we need to understand are really important things about Christmas. And one is the virgin birth. And a lot of people have issues or problems kind of accepting the virgin birth. Like, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, um, Pete and Don, I I don't know if you know, I, I don't have a biological dad. Um, I, I was, uh, my mom became pregnant and, and I was born and there was no, I mean, you know, immediately you would reject that. Right. Um, I hope. (laughs) And and so because it's impossible that Jesus was born uh, of uh, a virgin, of someone who had never had a relationship with a man, we we either have to make a choice that we're going to accept something that's impossible, or like many Christians have done, they've tried to explain away uh, the virgin birth by saying, you know what? Uh, This is the way it's recorded in scripture, but really Mary and Joseph were married. They had a child and and the the spirit came upon that child or something like that. And I just want to let you know, that's crazy, first of all, because the Bible makes a very clear case that Mary was a virgin, that she had not had sexual relationships with Joseph before Jesus was born. And I also want to make it clear that we believe that it is impossible for a virgin to give birth. And so we believe that the birth of Jesus is a miracle. And so the next thing would be that if Jesus was not born of a virgin with the Holy Spirit conceiving that child, that he would not be who he claimed to be, which was God made flesh. Right? So so I would I would I would offer that the virgin birth is an essential part, an understanding of the Christian faith. And if the virgin birth falls apart, or if you won't accept the virgin birth, I think you've undermined a very key element of the Christian faith. So um, I, I just want to start it out uh, about this. Guys, is there a way that Christianity exists without the virgin birth?
1: I know that we go back to the um, oldest creed, which is the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. And even that mentions a virgin Born of the Virgin Mary. Yeah. So going back to the earliest days of the creeds in the church, it goes back to that. So um, you know, why you know there's, was all the bi- there's all kinds of biological things that are going on that you know we don't understand. But let's stop and think just one moment. If there's no life uh, except for that, where a man and a woman come together and 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 bring a child into the world, well, then how are Adam and Eve created? You know, God can make life. God made life out of the dry bones in Ezekiel. You know, he breathed the breath into those dry bones in Ezekiel. So he can do things that human beings cannot. And when you think about it, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, the biggest part of the sin of Adam and Eve was not taking a taste of the fruit, but it was, Instead saying, hey, we want to do this our way instead of God's way. Yeah. And so they have been, they, they were kind of the forerunners of the fact that humanity ever since then has wanted to go on and get by without God. Yeah, And that's yeah. the biggest problem. Yeah. That's the biggest sin there is in this world is when humans are trying to do it without God. Yeah. And for that purpose, or for that reason, I believe that the you know the virgin birth absolutely did happen, and it's it it just shows that God is above human beings. Pete, Pete I appreciate that
0: you brought up uh, the Apostles' Creed. You know why it's called the Apostles' Creed? At least the way I understand it is, it's a summary of what the apostles believe and if it claims after all the study and text and 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 everything else that the apostles believed in the virgin birth we have an understanding and i think there's so many reasons to believe but the early church the apostles the witnesses of jesus's life and all all believed in the virgin birth so but the question really is can christianity exist as it is without the virgin birth is there a way that it i mean does does am i right in saying that if the virgin birth is not real that it undermines pretty much everything we believe
2: well it it addresses the basic question of how is jesus the new adam he can only be the new adam through the virgin birth Hmm. you know you know or you ask about the perfect lamb you know and you see the movement of god that is uniquely tied really to the virgin birth, you know, because really what you're addressing is that the virgin birth, it's one of the roots of the Christian faith. And I I really have never slowed down to address that totally in all my years of preaching and teaching. But I I think the most important part of that journey is the movement of the Holy Spirit. And I agree with Pete, you know, when you look at creation, the key Hebrew word is nephesh. Nefesh is the breath of God. The breath of God was breathed into Adam and was given life. So why cannot that breath of God through the Holy Spirit work in Mary and, you know, create that perfect God man, that new Adam? Um, I, I think that is the power and the miracle of the faith that has been testified to you know through the generations going all the way back to the apostles creed so I, I would say you know amen yes it is the root of the faith we in order for us to be new creations we had to have a new Adam. yeah so that was some of you know when you were talking about that that was some of the thinking that i was evolving with
0: yeah you know there's a uh, in the in the modern church i don't know if you guys saw the last of the ten commandments and plagues and it was the the plagues movie. A uh, few years ago, and they got to the um, the crossing of the sea, you know, that the, all the Hebrews, all the Hebrew people walk away from Egypt and the Egyptian soldiers are following them. And it showed a big windstorm and it made it seem like these natural events kind of just lined up to cause what, what we think is God parting the sea and everything. But he really just caused the earth to spin in just such a way to where a natural event occurred that made it seem like the sea was naturally parting and a lot of people will talk about Jesus's miracles where they're not really demon possessions they're their uh mental illness that he kind of helped them through and all and I don't know why we have that tendency to dismiss the miraculous but we have to be careful I think that we never take that tendency to try to explain away some of the text to something that is so crucial. Um, and I believe Jesus was doing miracles, and I believe there was demon possession because the text tells me there was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I remember uh, Rob Bell writing a few years ago, and it got some pushback, but a lot of people accepted it. And he said, that the, the thing he said was pretty much along the lines of, if the virgin birth turns out to be more of a natural thing, it shouldn't undermine your faith. And I remember thinking, I don't think there's anything more key to uh, the story, I think, than a virgin shall conceive. I mean, this is, and, and so I think we have this tendency to to push back against the miraculous, not only in text, but when we hear about it around us, too. Why why do we have so much trouble accepting miracles and accepting talk of miracles? And especially when we get around Christmas, the miraculous happens over and over in the story um, do we just have to open ourselves up to allow God to do whatever He wants through this story, or should we push back and try to intellectually understand what's, you know, or explain away any of this? Is it
2: it's I, I think the question to me as I look over how you're defining things, Josh, is, control versus God. You know, why is it that we as human beings need to be in control and deviate away from the miracles of God? And, you know, some of that to me is we want to be like God. I'm running to Genesis 3. It's it's interesting how we're doing that dance tonight in the creation event as it relates to the virgin birth. Um but but I think if we lessen the movement of god then we do weaken the power of god to do great things
0: Mm.
2: and you know over all the years i've preached and teach the movement of god in the advent season you know the miracle is that god reached down to dwell with us in and through his son jesus christ and to me, the phrase that's in there is he dwells with us. And I'm choosing that we're dwelling because I'm doing the dance with Revelation 21. And God will be with us and we will be his people and he will be with us and he will dwell with us. You know, that dance of dwelling. And I think the power of the virgin birth is that how much does God love us? How much does God want us to dwell with us? Again, like Genesis 1-2 I'll be preaching Genesis 1-2 a little bit this Sunday, ironically, because I'm looking at the concept of peace in Advent. It, It is that movement of God through miracles that gives us life. You know, and I think that's the power of Christmas, really, is preaching God wants to give us life. God moves in such a way that even a virgin gave birth to the Messiah. You know, and so it it to me, we want to lessen the movement of God and be in control, rather than getting out of the way and letting God lead and being, as it were, out of control. Mm. So I think you have that dichotomy going on with the Virgin Birth. Yes, God moved through Mary. Look how Mary responded to that call. Let it be as you wish. Let God's favor move. So we see an acceptance of Mary in the movement of God in her life.
0: She pushes back in the same way, though, doesn't she? Oh, she does at first. How, how can how can this be? Exactly. You know, in, what are in, you doing, God? Jo- Joseph did, too. There's no way she could be pregnant. And and uh, the angel had to assure him. I'm, I'm looking at Isaiah 7, 14. I knew
2: you were going there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, then. The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him God with us or Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Um, This prophecy is also quoted in the Gospels. Right. When talking about him. Um, Mary Uh, Talks about her virginity. Joseph is about to, and and sets in his mind being the awesome guy that he is. I I told people in church last night that we always quote uh, Proverbs 31 to talk about how the ideal woman should be. And I really think the story of Joseph is the ideal guy. Um, If if anything, you've got this guy that has every right to hold Mary responsible, to hold her accountable, um, maybe even as bad as having her publicly stoned or at least shamed to protect his reputation. He decides, you know what? I don't care what they think of me. I'm going to make sure she has an okay life. Amen. That is. And and he is so convinced that there's no way uh, to get pregnant outside of a man and a woman getting together that he has decided. I mean, Mary's probably his dream girl. I don't know if it's a marriage or not, but he just is. I, I don't know. His whole life is now planned around this. And he says, you know what? I'm going to spare her. And take upon myself this shame, and the angel comes and says, "You don't have to do that." <laughs> it, I know it doesn't make sense, but
2: God. <laughs> Amen. And,
0: uh, I don't know. And then uh, I, I don't. The, so the virgin birth is prophesied about. It's it's reinforced by by eyewitness accounts, or at least by the well eyewitness account. People involved, Mary and Joseph. It's also told again and again through Scripture, through the Gospels, and then it goes on to be told by people who. Uh, who summarized the beliefs of the apostles, that the virgin, you know, uh, born of a virgin birth or or born of a virgin. uh, And and so there seems to be such an emphasis in scripture that a virgin gave birth that you would think that we would never question this. But but the thing is, I, I don't think that we realize how important it is. And I think, Don, you got into it a little bit. That Jesus had to come from without, from from outside of fallen man. Uh, go into that a little bit more. If you talk about kind of uh, uh, what 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 the virgin birth means as far as our salvation, that kind of thing.
2: Are you asking me that? <laughs> yeah,
1: you or Pete, either one. I mean, I, I just think why is it waiting so? For Don. I thought you, you mentioned Don, and I was waiting I mentioned, but either to... either of you guys, what
0: what, what makes what makes just really passionately what makes the virgin birth so special for us and what makes it so necessary um at least the way we understand our our our
2: salvation well i i'm sorry to uh, pause for a moment but you sort of caught me off guard i had to go what let me think here for a minute (laughs) you know um and and the thing is i was running to um Romans 5, 12 through 18, where it says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sin. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is the pattern of the one to come. Um... And reading on here, it says, but the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and gift, virgin birth, all that, that came by grace by one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. You know, there's that power of Christ destroying sin, that one man, that new Adam. And, and that's so central to understanding what Jesus accomplishes through the virgin birth as he becomes that gift of grace. That I mean, you know, when you look at the birth of Jesus, the Lord's favor is upon you, parentheses, grace. And mm-hmm. then Jesus, through that virgin birth, brings life eternal.
1: Yeah. And I think sometimes we also... I don't know how to to put this right. We always just want to find an explanation. And sometimes it's beyond our human understandings. But we know that because Adam and Eve sinned, sin has become our lot in life. We have inherited the sinful nature. We are all born needing forgiveness.
0: Does that include marriage? Part of
1: me wants to think, well, maybe the fact that there was not a human father involved in the birth process is the only way that Jesus could have been born without that original sin. Is that the way it is? I, I can't tell you, yay or nay. But, you know, there is that thought that comes into my mind because how could jesus be born into this world the son of david or from the lineage of david and yet not have that original sin that all of us are born with you know and there might be something to that there might not be i've been told i'm stupid for thinking that way or heretical for thinking that way but, you know, it's, it's these different possibilities that come into my mind. And we want explanations where what God wants is faith. Isn't that the bottom line? He wants faith, even if we can't understand it. I mean, how do you tell a two-year-old that they're about to become a baby or a, a big brother or a big sister? You know, what do they understand about the, about the whole situation? They don't understand that, that you know, how a how mom got pregnant or whatever, but they have faith that, hey, this is my brother. This is my sister. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we, I think, need to have that faith of a child that, that Jesus talks about. Um, not saying that we don't want to learn things, but we don't always have to have an explanation for everything, do we? I don't know. We want one. Yeah, we do. We want one all the time. And that's where I think a lot of us, a lot of this whole idea of we're wanting to get the answers. We want to have the answers. We want to find out the answers. And if we can't find the answers, well, by golly, we're going to come up with a way to make it make sense.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, like, for instance, I'll give you, I, I, Josh, I agreed with everything you said about, you know, the isaiah passage everything else i agree with everything you said but let me just take it a different direction than i have heard it taken before i have heard people um interpret that scripture from isaiah to not say virgin but to say young lady or the maiden or something now i'm not saying i agree with that but that's how some people look at it. And that's how some will explain it away. Now, how does that get explained away in the New Testament when it's obvious that, yeah. you know, Joseph yeah. said she didn't ha- have sex with a man, where Mary said, I haven't been with a man. We all know these things. But there are people who are going to try to explain things away. And that's that's kind of how it happens, I think, because we want the answers. We we don't want to be people of faith. We want to be people of knowledge and answers. And, and and we don't want to be looking at the fact that our religion of Christianity is a supernatural religion. Absolutely. We believe in angels and in the Holy Ghosts and in demons. And if you talk about that, for instance, in a college today, you'll be laughed off the campus most places. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I got too far off the track there. but No, uh, I,
0: I think it's good. Um, I think you can't have this discussion without talking about miracles. And, um, you know, there's a wide range of views on whether miracles still happen and what kind of miracles can still happen. But there's no doubt that if you take the Bible at its word, that Jesus was performing miracles left and right, um, and as a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons that so many people sought him out. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you take the Bible at its word, and it's not just one verse, because if you take away Isaiah, <laughs> and and Isaiah is quoted in the Gospels, and it's clear, I think, that it's not using the, it's, it's, it's wanting you to understand that it's virgin, Right. but if you, you'd have to take away that, and you'd have to take away other texts. I mean look look at even even when you get into the beginning of Jesus's ministry Luke 3:23 Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his ministry Jesus was known as the son of Joseph Wait, and it, hold on. <laughs> everybody thought or or he was everybody told him or they knew Joseph was called his dad. Why does the Bible go out of its way not to just say he was the son of Joseph? Because it's made a case, a clear case up until this point that and it even says Jesus was known as the son of Joseph. Joseph was the son of Heli, so it's not like it's mixing words there. It's saying, but he was the son of God, and and he Joseph raised him or something like that. Um, as a matter of fact, it handles uh, the the, uh, the genealogy of Jesus through Mary and and through in uh, Matthew 15 It says Eliad was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar was the father of Methan. Uh, Mathen was the, uh, the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. So there's a deliberate use of language there. Now, I think part of that is to trace Mary and Joseph both through David's lineage or something like that. But there's a deliberate use of language to continue. Um, sometimes it outright says Jesus was born of a virgin, and sometimes the language it uses is very deliberate so that it doesn't ever put Joseph in God's place. And, and I, it's super intentional. And it's also just important that every time we talk about, it, I think it's awesome that God chose Joseph to raise Jesus. And I think it's awesome that I'm pretty sure that Jesus called Joseph dad, I, I think. Um, but there's never any mistake in the text as to who Jesus is and where he came from. Right. And Joseph was, uh, I don't know if you call him an adopted or, or uh, I, I don't know, uh, a stand-in or, or someone who raised Jesus. Mary clearly was his mother. He was fully flesh. God, through the Spirit, conceived him. He's fully God. And I think it's so important that we get those two things because like uh, me, Jesus was flesh and he understands everything I go through. Mm-hmm. But as God... Um, he was not, he never gave in to sin and he could be a sacrifice for my sin. Cause right. I want you to, know, if I was perfect from the day I was born, I still could not be an acceptable sacrifice for the human race. Only, uh, only someone who is God himself. Uh, and then we understand fully man and fully divine could serve in that role. He was sinless, but sinless wasn't the
1: only thing. He was also God himself. Right. Um, so yeah, that's important, and and let me let me take this one more step, Josh. Um, just how unusual this is. Sometimes I have a tendency to point this out. We have, with Christianity, two thousand years of experience. Looking back and being told, yeah, this is how it was. Sometimes we forget how unique this is what was it really, within the past several weeks i think they said that the estimated world population passed 8 billion and it, i've heard it said before that um there are more people alive today than you know there were what is it up to the 20th or the 20th century or something or i can't remember over the past 100 years there's there's more people alive today than it ever lived before this or something like that. Some some strange thing like that. And of all those people. Who were ever born. 8 billion plus. There was one who was born. The way that Jesus was. Mm. Yeah. You know and the Bible is very clear. It says that. At just the right time. Christ came. Mm. At just the right time, when the time had fully come, she gave birth to a son. Yeah, you know those things are so important in the Bible, and you know it's just kind of like we've gotten conditioned to believe. Oh yeah, Jesus was born to a virgin. Oh yeah, Jesus rose from the dead. How often is somebody risen from the dead? Yeah, you know it's not like this happens all the time, and so we tend to think of the miraculous as One, either something that, you know, is just, oh, it's just some ethereal type of thing, you know, it's just some nice fancy story, or something that we expect to happen all the time. I believe fully that God still performs miracles today, but I don't think that it happens, you know, in in huge ways, you know, like all the time. You look at the book of Acts, one of my favorite books of the Bible is the book of Acts, because it covers about 30 years worth of time. Mm. And you look at those things that happened. You look at the miracles that happened. And I say, but you know what? I think this is hitting the highlights. It's not saying that this type of miracle that is uh, talked about in the book of Acts, whatever it might be, um, happened every day for every single person. No, this is a highlight of how God worked in a supernatural way in this specific situation because it glorified him in some way. You know, take, the, take Peter's miraculous escape from prison after James had been beheaded. And an angel came and released Peter from prison. You know how strange that sounds? Even Peter himself thought he was dreaming, the Bible says. But it shows a miracle. But I don't think that that kind of miracle happened for everybody who was thrown into prison. It didn't happen for James. You know, it's just that God will step in where he has to. And sometimes miracles are just that. They are miracles. They're once in a lifetime, once in a world types of things, such as the virgin birth. Maybe I said too much. I don't know.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, John 3.16, we all know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son this is how rare i mean you're talking about one in eight billion plus all the ones before or whatever um one thing we we like to do and i, I love to do is that we've been adopted into the family of god but it yeah. doesn't talk about jesus in the same language right this is after so many verses that talk about the virgin birth about um, you know and, and then we get to this that the god for this is how and i like the new living translation the way it puts it for this is how god loved the world how did god love the world he gave his one and only son. And so uh, I, I just, you know, uh, people tend to, and I do too, if 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 you ever hear, and I know you guys have been in ministry, you ever hear somebody explain something that God did in their life that just seems unbelievable. What's your first response to that? Well, I don't know if they're telling, and maybe you guys aren't the same way. But I I want you to know, somebody tells me that, and it's kind of unbelievable to me. The first thing I do is I question them Mm -hmm. instead of uh, accepting immediately. And I I don't know if we're conditioned to do that or if we've all met so many people that may be a little crazy or, or, you know, we just – I don't know what it is,
1: but – I think part of it, seriously, Josh, is that we've we've all met people who attribute things to God that probably had nothing to do with God doing it. Yeah, but you know, good, good get, and bad things. <laughs> well, God exactly. God gets yeah. blamed for a lot of things that that yeah. he, he he doesn't have anything to do with. You know, like like yeah. there was a boxer. This is not a joke. This is an absolute true statement. There was a boxer a number of years ago who who you know hit somebody so hard he killed him in the ring. And somebody asked him about that. He says, "Well, you know." God sure lets some strange things happen. You know, why yeah. would God get blamed for that? You know, that's what happens when you get hit in the head hard enough too many times. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But I I guess in in my thinking cuz I was sort of thinking about how do we put all this together cuz we 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 had some interesting subplots to this particular podcast cuz we dealt with miracles, we've dealt with creeds, we've dealt with Um, how we understand Isaiah 7. And in my mind, trying to put all this together, what keeps coming back to is God does work miracles. And the miracles are meant to draw us closer to him.
1: Hmm.
2: And the virgin birth is that. It, it's, it's a miracle we need to trust in, that, that the Holy Spirit can give birth, that the Holy Spirit can move in such a way to rock the world in ways we've never thought about. Um, and, and I think that's the thing that really comes to my mind when I think about the virgin birth. I always end up turning and looking at Mary's heart. Mary's heart first was, like you're saying, Josh, what are you doing to me, Lord? And then all yeah. of a sudden she goes to wait a minute. If this is what God needs to do in my life, to work His grace, favor, let's go.
0: Yeah.
2: And, and I think that's really the power of the virgin birth, is that the first human response is doubt, and then the second is let's go. Yeah. Um, well,
0: and and the second is is that only you could do this, God. Too exactly. I, not, not, yeah you you let's go i think is is the right one but it's it's a it's an uh understanding then that this could not happen without god but well yeah.
2: it, everything the word is nothing is impossible with god that's part of the christmas yeah. narrative yeah. is that mm-hmm. you know and i i think you know listening to this podcast my prayer is is that people accept the reality that nothing is impossible with god look at mary Look at the virgin birth. Look what God did to redeem the world. Look how He moved. And and I think that's really the power of the virgin birth. Is the rootness of that virgin birth shows the that God can do great things, that nothing is impossible with God and that movement.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really like what you're saying there, Don. Um makes me think that perhaps we ought to do another podcast soon on miracles Mm -hmm. just i mean on the topic of miracles and and how miracles are are they today are they prevalent things like that because i think we could get into another whole session on that but i I think you're right we want to stick on the virgin birth today because we're getting to christmas time and we are getting to the point where we probably ought to be wrapping things up shortly so josh let me ask you this have we have we discussed what you wanted to get at here are there anything uh, is there anything else you wanted to ask or or share I mean, it's just a
0: good, we could keep talking about this for a while.
1: <laughs> um, you guys
0: know, you guys know that uh, throughout the Bible, there are, there are hymns included in different texts that we don't normally give credit to intention. You know, the, the intention was maybe that they were sung or they were, there, there's one in uh, 1 Timothy 3, uh, 1 Timothy three sixteen. it's thought to either have been a creed or a hymn. I choose to believe him anytime it would say something like that, just because I like to sing things. But it was thought to be something that was repeated, something that was owned, something that was, you know, taken to heart and, 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 and used from time to time in your life. And this is how it goes. I imagine it was sung, but I'll just read it. Um, without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. And some manuscripts will see it. I'm just looking at notes. Some manuscripts will say God was revealed in human body or or, or the one we most like, the most often see is Christ was revealed in human body and was vindicated by the spirit. He was seen by angels and announced to the nations. He was believed in throughout the world and taken to heaven in glory. Mm. And I, I just think um, as we as we look at this, as we look at Christmas, What's so special about Christmas isn't the promise of peace, even though it's it's included in this, isn't that there were angels involved, isn't that the shepherds were told and the wise men eventually came along and all this other stuff. The amazing thing about Christmas is that Jesus Christ, God, was made flesh. And I don't think the virgin birth is the most miraculous thing about Christmas. That's part of it. I think the most miraculous thing about Christmas is that the one who existed before all things, who created everything there is, became part of his creation. Think about that. How, how to encapsulate that much that into a, a I, I don't know. I, you I mean, I could explain the virgin birth long before I could explain God being made flesh. At least I I think I could. I could wrap my mind around that because I've seen people being born and all this kind of stuff. But God in spirit, God as the creator of all things, Jesus through whom all things were made, became a baby. That's crazy talk. (laughs) If you're tempted to explain anything away, don't start with the virgin birth. Start with how God, the one who created all things, becomes human in some way. But then shouldn't that bring us to a place where David says, your ways are higher than mine? Uh, I, I couldn't even begin to understand the depths of your knowledge, the limits of your power. The you know, and, and I think it should bring us, the Christmas story, if anything, should bring us to a place of total humility before God. And Pete, you were getting to it. We like to be in command of things. We like to understand things. We like to kind of box things in. But the Christmas story should bring us to a place where we just say, okay, that's it. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> God, all I can do is say, wow, all I can do is, is be brought to a place where I just acknowledge that you
1: are so much better than me. And isn't that <laughs> the key of the entire Christian life? The key of yeah. submitting our entire lives to God through Jesus Christ. Yeah. The One who reconciles us by his grace. Reconciling grace. Wow. Hey. Where did that come from? But still, exactly what you said, Josh, is... It is so powerful, you know. Back in the in the eighties, we would have said awesome, you know. But when I say yeah. awesome, I mean full of awe. We should be full of awe because of this. And you know, you said it so well that you look in the little at the in the at the feeding trough at this little tiny baby. Then you look up at what would have been maybe the star of Bethlehem, and you look up at the skies. You look up everywhere. You say, "He made all that."
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. You just can't. You, you, you can't explain it except to say, God, you're the one who I need to submit to. I mean, yeah. it's not about me. It's about you. Yeah.
2: And I I always, I'm finding as I'm getting older, I keep leaning right back into Revelation 21, 1 through 4. Mm. Dwelling. God wants to dwell with us. God wants to be in our lives. God wants us to be connected to him in a real way so that he wipes away every tear from their eyes. There Mm. will be no more death or mourning for the old order of things has passed away. And he is making everything new. Yeah. And it began with the journey with the virgin birth.
1: Actually, it began even before that, back in Eden. Amen. When God would dwell with Adam and Eve mm-hmm. before sin entered the world. Yep. Sin has been in the world. Jesus came into the world so that sin would be defeated. And and Revelation twenty one, it's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, and we're going to be with the Lord. He's going to dwell with us forever. Amen. Or we're going to dwell with Him forever. That's right. a better way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Well that's that's an mean, important distinction. It, it is, it is <laughs> it's his place, not ours. Not in a, ours. in an increasingly narcissistic society,
1: that is an important distinction. It is, it very <laughs> much is. So yeah. well, guys, I think it's about time for us to wrap things up. So again, it's been a good discussion. You know, I, I find it great when we get into these things and say, What are we gonna say? And you know, 40 minutes later we're saying well, we had a lot to say, didn't we? And uh, so, Don, I thank you for joining us. Pastor Don McDonald from Danforth Reformed Church. Uh, Josh Google, you kind of led us into this discussion, and you 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 led it very well. And I thank you. You're the pastor of First Baptist Church of Lyman in Gulfport, Mississippi. My name is Pete Vecchi. I am an associate pastor for... Um, Pleasantville Church, actually not Pleasantville, but uh, Christway Church in Pleasantville, Ohio. And we want to thank you all for joining us for Reconciling Grace. We want to wish you a wonderful, blessed Christmas. And I hope that you just realize how awesome God is and that you will truly, truly understand that our lives mean nothing except for the fact that we are to submit our lives in love to God through Jesus Christ. May you have a blessed Christmas, everybody. Lord willing, we'll be back again for another episode, podcast of Reconciling Grace.
0: This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace.